0: if you are a believer tonight, you are not believing about yourself. You're not believing in your circumstances. You're not believing in your future performances. You are believing in a person, the Lord himself, and all that he does for his people and for his church. Then down in verse 47, you'll see again that Mary's faith was in the supernatural power of the Savior. Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak, and on this day after Christmas, we are still glowing in the light of this Savior born into the world. Think of Mary and Joseph on that first Full day after Jesus' birth, after the visit of the shepherds to the stable, after all had settled and the news was spreading that a king was born into the world. Here we have the messenger of the Lord unto Mary consoling, strengthening her, and we see something of her response. Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary arose in those days, and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah, and entered into the house of Zacharias, and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden, for behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. Oh yes, Mary got it right. The God of heaven, his name is holy, and that child that was born of her was holy. He became, of course, the sinless Jesus who lived, served, walked, obeyed God without sin, and died one day on the cross for our sin, not his own, but for ours, the Savior of the world. This is good news to a needy world where men need a Savior. I trust that today that you will stay tuned with us right through the program we come now to our message in song, but the message then from the pulpit of our church on Mary rejoicing in her Savior.
1: The snow lay on the ground, the stars shone bright, when Christ our Lord was born on Christmas night. Venite Te adoremus Dominum. Te miti adoremus Dominum. Te miti adoremus Dominum. And Joseph too was by to tend. Child to guard him and protect his mother, mild. the angels.
0: listening to Let the Bible Speak, and we're dealing today with the text Luke 128. The angel came in unto Mary and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Yes, we want to look at the blessing of Mary. May you be blessed and encouraged on this Christmas day as we bring to you The good news of our Savior. We don't get any real explanation. There is no medical person in the world whom can sit down with you and explain the biology of all of this. And the conclusion is that with God, nothing shall be impossible. I read about a young medical student who, growing up in the United States, that he. Had tremendous difficulty with this supernatural generation of Christ in a virgin's womb. And obviously, if you're a man of science and a man of medical research, uh, you're going to have many thoughts about how could that possibly happen. And during those years, uh, he pondered all the perplexities of it. But finally, he finished medical school and he went out into the backwoods to start his own practice. And there came along a backwoods preacher, just an itinerant preacher, and he did more for this young medical doctor than any other. And he simply said, if there is anybody here, he was saying in a meeting, if there's anybody here troubled about the mystery of God's becoming man, I want to take you back to the first chapter of Genesis, and the first verse, in the beginning, God. And that's all the science you need. That's all the learning you need. In the beginning, God. God was there to create the cells of human nature when there were none. God was there in Mary's womb to create the very body of the Lord Jesus, and bring forth his Son to be the Savior of the world. You see, we need to remember tonight that Christians do not live on explanations. We live on promises. God promised Mary that she would bring forth a Son, and she asked, how shall this be, seen? I know not a man. And God gave her promises. Mary is a model for us. When God works salvation and grace in our hearts, he also makes us holy. This is also a miracle. Our sanctification is a miracle. And there is a text in the book of Galatians chapter 419, and it talks about Christ formed in us. Now, It's not exactly the same as Mary being the mother of that physical infant, Jesus, in her womb. But when we are born again, when we are regenerated by the Spirit, our bodies become the temples of the Spirit of the Lord. And if you read that text, Galatians 4.19, it says, My little children, of whom I travail in birth again— until Christ be formed in you. And so you take that reckless, careless, prodigal sinner, no thought of God, no conscience of sin, and God works a miracle. The miracle of Christ formed in him so that he is made to love holiness. And our salvation and our sanctification is a miracle of grace. God takes these vile bodies that are stained with sin, and he makes us holy. Now, we know that in justification, we are made legally holy. We have a standing with God. He has declared us righteous, but he also makes us personally holy. Everyone whom God justifies, he will sanctify. Now, in this world, that sanctification is never perfect, we can never call ourselves sinless, as was our Lord Jesus, but there is in us the embryo, there is the beginnings of a, of a life of holiness that we desire to be pure, God-like, Christ-like. We are being conformed into the image of God's Son, and that is the mighty power of the gospel. Now, when the Lord Jesus was preaching in earth, of course, he cleansed the leper. What a miracle that was, and what a demonstration it is of the gospel at work in believers. The Lord uh, took one of his disciples. He was a tax collector. Could you imagine a more corrupt, greedy, grasping character than Matthew, the tax collector? Every one of those guys were hated, not just because they sided with the Romans, but because they were greedy. And the Lord made Matthew, uh, the tax collector, a disciple, an ambassador of the Lord Jesus. What a work! And then the little man up the trees, Achaeus, the same. It was a miracle of grace. And so you can see here these two blesses. Mary was blessed being the chosen virgin, blessed to be the chosen vessel that she would bring forth this newborn child. In verse 45, she was blessed with victorious faith, and blessed is she that believed. And here's the reason for the Christian victory and joy in Mary's heart. Doubters are outers. They don't get far when we believe and we accept what God states he's going to do, then the miracle will happen. Now, as you analyze Mary's faith, you'll notice from verse 38 that her faith was in the Lord's word to her. And it said, she said here in this verse, be it unto me according to thy word. And there is tremendous faith. That is how you and I are saved. That is how you and I are Brought to the place of peace with God, according to his word, let it be to us. In verse 45, you'll notice that Mary's faith stated there would be a performance of the miracle. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things. Now you'll notice the link up. Blessed are you that believe, for there shall be a performance. And her faith was the necessary instrument to bring about the performance of this miracle in her own body and in her own life. And God always says to us, according to your faith, be it unto you. And of course, when we doubt, the Lord says to us, O ye of little faith. Little faith, little blessing. No faith, no blessing. And faith here for Mary was the essential element to her personal uh, involvement and acceptance of this miracle. Verse 46 is another part where her faith is mentioned. It says here, And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. In whom was her faith? Her faith was not in the angel, it was not in his capabilities, but it was in the Lord, the one that would be in her womb, and she would bring forth into the world. And from the very depths of her soul, Mary gave honor and due praise to her Lord. That is the right object of faith if you are a believer tonight, you are not believing about yourself. You're not believing in your circumstances. You're not believing in your future performances. You are believing in a person, the Lord himself, and all that he does for his people and for his church. Then down in verse 47, you'll see again that Mary's faith— was in the supernatural power of the Savior. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Now, Mary had to take the place of a sinner to call this Christ her Savior. And, of course, that debunks the whole notion of Immaculate Mary, it really does away with this idea that she came into the world with some kind of supernatural superintendence, that she herself had been conceived uh, without sin and lived without sin, and now was the sinless woman walking the streets and ready vessel to be the sinless mother of the Lord. No, Mary says, I need a Savior. She recognized her need, not just of a teacher— Or a guide, or a friend, she needed a Savior. And when you confess your need of a Savior, you are in really saying you're a sinner. You're lost and hopeless without one to represent you before God and be your Savior for all eternity. And the wonderful conclusion we make is that the Lord conceived Mary in whose womb he created and delivered our Lord Jesus. He has power to save his people. That's the wonder of it all. We come to the fourth marker. We'll move to verse 48, and you will see that the confession of Mary is that she was humbling herself. She had the virtue of humility. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. This is really a rags-to-riches story, not earthly riches. I don't think Mary ever lived in a palace. I don't think she ever had the extraordinary material blessings of this world. But she was taken from extreme poverty and hopelessness, and given an honor and a role in the gospel that we're rejoicing in here tonight. And it speaks that her word is is fulfilled in every way. From henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. And we want to be like Mary. We want to be blessed just like her. She was full of thankfulness to the Lord for lifting her up into such blessing. To do that, she recognized her own poverty. She recognized her position as a servant. She called herself the handmaiden. She recognized her smallness in the presence of the one who is mighty. She made note of that in verse 49, for he that is mighty hath done to me great things. One of the chief marks of grace in any believer's heart is this virtue of humility. It is the telltale sign of conversion, genuine grace. When grain ripens, the head hangs. And when the believer is brought into union with the Lord Jesus, saved by grace, there will be, like John the Baptist, Christ must increase, I must decrease. There is an immediate taking the position as a sinner, taking the low position, and willing to exalt the Lord. And the thing that I notice here in this verse 48— is that the blessing never ends. It never stops. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden, for behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. And when you are blessed of the Lord, chosen by him, be made to be his vessel, when you sit at his feet in humility as Mary did, then the mercy flows on and on. Truly, the Christian has the best of both worlds. Mr. Spurgeon said that if there was no heaven and no glory and no eternity, he would still want to live the Christian life because it is the best life, delivered from so many miseries and so many evils. But there is a heaven. And the blessing of being a believer in Christ doesn't end. And we have the best life in this world. And in the world to come, we shall be blessed for all eternity. Now, I got out my concordance and I looked up the word blessed in the book of Revelation. And I discovered that the word blessed appears seven times, six of them relate to the future in glory. And I want to give you just three of them as we wrap up tonight. In Revelation 14, verse 13, we read, I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Blessed are them that die in the Lord. You think of what men call their worst day on earth. The Lord refers to the Christian as our best day the day when we leave behind this body, we leave behind the pain, the suffering, the anguish, the disappointments, the sorrows, and the separations, and we are blessed to enter into the kingdom of God. The next text is Revelation 19.9. Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, Mary talked about being blessed for all generations. We as believers are blessed right into eternity. Heaven is referred to as a marriage supper, a place of acceptance, of rejoicing, and of honor to the Lord, a place where we enter in to all the fullness of what the gospel offers to his people. The third text is Revelation 2422:14. "Blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. The tree of life. Abundance, supply, satisfaction, everything that we require to be blessed. All this never ends. And so, Mary, this is a privilege indeed. And if the Lord calls you to be a Christian, that his Son, the Lord Jesus, be formed in you, you are blessed. Blessed today, blessed on the day of your death, blessed for all eternity. It doesn't get better than this. And so I call you tonight to the blessed life. Come as a sinner to Jesus. Come in your poverty as Mary was in her poverty. Come in your sinfulness as Mary confessed. Come by faith in the person and work of Jesus. Magnify the Lord as your Savior and you will be Let's the
1: wilderness.
0: on the live now button on the home page of our website or if you would like to talk with me one on one as a pastor please give me a call the phone number is 604-897-2040 the mailing address is 187 187- Nine Zero Fifty Eight Avenue Surrey, BC V3S One M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number Ten Highway on One Eighty Eight Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, five a.m. five p.m. here on the station as we let the Bible speak.